Headley is our Trojan horse that sneaks up deep into your mind. He sponsors this show. That's right. That's a good little Christmas cock you're sucking, isn't it? Ew. No. No. Hi, Mew. <laughs> Say hi to Kathy, Mew. Oh, it's been so uh, long. <laughs> it has been. You know what Mew's doing right now, Kathy? I, I don't want to know. Do not tell me. Right now, right now, Mew's mouth is on Daddy's cock because she has to prove that she's kinky. Oh, look at that. Laughing her ass off. She just knows you're squicking out over there. Oh, look. It's Oh, that's a good girl. That's right. Suck it harder. Squeeze it. That's a good girl. Merry Christmas, Catherine. Are you gonna be talking in that voice this whole show? (laughs) Merry Christmas. Not the whole show. But just Kathy, you know Uh what's great about this show? What? That that muse sucking my dick. I, I thought that was kind of obvious. <laughs> I'm trying not to think about it, and you're not helping by constantly bringing it up. She is. Well, Mew has to prove she's not uh, that she's not vanilla anymore. So <laughs> she's like, I'm not vanilla. You tell them that I'm not vanilla, and I'm like, okay, we got to prove it to the show. So first off, let me get my knife and let me put it to her throat and suck that suck my fucking cock, bitch. Make noises. That's better. I can't focus. Go away with you. <laughs> so she's Good not girl. doing it because she wants to. Mew. Oh, hi, Mew. <laughs> <laughs> she's not doing this because she wants to. She's doing it to prove a point. Is that what you're saying? No, I think she wanted to. We had some pretty. Kathy. What? Let's start just start this. Let's just start this fine Christmas show. Okay. The following show is for mature audiences only. Listener discretion is advised. And if you don't like it, please go fuck yourself. One, two, three, four. Do you feel your sex life is quite lame? Scared that your desires might be strange? Come and join the kinky world of play. Hello and welcome to Perverted Podcast, the show where we explore the adventures of the kinky lifestyle, sex, and the human mind. Recording live this Christmas morning where COVID has hit too close to home for me and ruined my plans for the weekend. I'm Kathy. I am Count Boogie and COVID has not ruined my plans. It has actually pigeonholed me into the perfect plan of the the day. I'm just so happy that I feel like we're having a real perverted podcast show. I got Mew here. She's sucking my dick for a little bit. We had gnarly fucking rejuvenated kinky sex earlier. It was because I had to just take her. I had to take her, Kathy. You resurrected the kink? I resurrect. Well, last night I got here really late because she had to take family members to the airport and it was way past her bedtime. And then I got here and she's like, oh, well, you know, maybe an orgasm will help me sleep better. And I'm like, well, that's very pragmatic of you. Let's do that. (laughs) So so it started and I had to talk to I'm just 
prefacing to the perverted podcast listeners that I actually had to talk to Mew about this an hour ago because I said I want to talk about this on the show. So we talked about it first. So I'm not just talking and all of she's she's like, oh, what the fuck? You're having feelings. So last night while we're having sex, I started noticing, which, of course, Mew now kind of lives with somebody um, and has the new partner. And then she's out here to visit me and some family members. So we've talked about the progression and the changes and the natural occurrences of changes as people aren't together as much anymore. Blah, 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 blah. But this was the first time that I noticed it sexually. Mm -hmm. So she fucks a little different. She likes to be talked to dirty for the first time that she never really was that into it. She even got a little bossy for a second there. Like she's, (laughs) I'm like, I swat her ass and she's all spank it harder. (laughs) And I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, "Um, excuse me, please spank it harder. She's like, please spank it harder. (laughs) So of course we adapted. But then of course, you know, my feeling is, is like she's learning different parts of sexuality with a new partner. Which, of course, as Mr. Super Territorial Scumbag Non-Compersion Guy, right? you know, I'm like, how do I feel about this? And I'm, you know, I'm in a detached, defensive survival mode with everything going on in my life. So I was able to kind of just detach from it and look at it and and be not as upset as I thought I would be when I noticed those changes. I was kind of like, well, that's just that's how it is. And that's what happens. And. You know, the butt hurt wasn't super, super hard, but I did talk about it with her. And then I'm like, well, I just have to take the sexuality that I know we have Mm -hmm. and then see if that's still there. Because remember, she doesn't want to be vanilla anymore because, you know, I talked to shit on the show that she was all vanilla the last time. (laughs) So I'm like, I'm going to give her her chance. So she's like in in the bedroom studying on the boat. And she's like, Daddy, do you want to cuddle with me? And I'm like, oh, no, we're not doing this fucking shit again. (laughs) And so I'm like, I'll be right there, pumpkin. And I grab my knife and a condom and I go in there and she puts her arms out all sweet with her pajamas. And I just grab her leg and she I just the last thing I hear from her is cuddle (laughs) (laughs) with a question mark. And I'm like, no, no, cuddle, no, no, it's time for knife play. And so I drag her and I just start biting her. And of course, last week I was all turned on because we talked all about Primal and Bloom's Post and whatever. And so I was like, and I didn't feel like using a lot of goddamn words. And I just ripped up her top and I put the knife to her back. And I'm pretty sure Mew, agree or not agree. I can't see her. Thumbs up or thumbs down. When the knife hit your back, did that change in you the kink level? Ah. Thumb is thumb is up. There is an up thumb. Yes. So it was like it, it was whatever the zone was before, it was kind of like for me when that knife touched her back and I started to dig the knife into her back and actually cut her, it was like, oh yeah, we haven't changed that much. Yeah. All right. Sometimes you're away from something long enough that you need that reminder. Sometimes if somebody pokes and prods you, I either literally like you did it or figuratively, uh, it will either spark it again or it will confirm the fact that it's gone. So, uh, yeah, I think, you know what? Your story serves as a good 
example for people who think the kink is gone. Don't just assume it's gone because you're not having those feelings. You should experiment and see if those feelings come back up. Push the mojo. Yes. I have said it multiple times. You sometimes you shut down and you change and things change in your life and and you're not with the same people and things change. Sometimes you just got to push the mojo because you get you your body goes. I mean, that's natural, you know, because there's mating season and not mating season in the wild. So during that not mating season, the body's kind of shut down sexually. So now humans, we can kind of shut that down, too. Mm-hmm. So and she hasn't shut down because she's still, you know, she's playing with the the new whatever that fucking asshole is. Um <laughs> <laughs> she's, wow she's don't cracking. don't hold back boogie tell us how you i'm not feel. fuck him i mean he should die he's a fucking dude he has a penis he puts it in her what why am i not going to want to kill him oh my god i'm sure he's just the swellest sweetest fucking greatest smartest fucking guy in the world but he doesn't know how to fuck her like i do and he doesn't know how to oh, cut her back with god. a knife like i do am i correct little slut is that a thumbs up or a thumbs down <laughs> I don't even get a. She's just moaning at this point. <laughs> Poor Mew. So it was really hot, and uh, and so she came a couple times, and it was. And then I teased her a lot with biting, and you know all the things about her that I know, and bit her on the neck, and I was biting up her spine, and then she got really horny, and she's like, "Fuck me, fuck me, fuck me," and I'm like, "No, go back to work," and I walked away. <laughs> You're such an asshole. <laughs> and then I said, "By the way." You're kinky again. Boom, motherfucker. <laughs> but it was oh nice. It was God. nice to be sexy, and it was surely nice. I mean, I love seeing Mew no matter what, because I love her to death, and 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 we have such a great history together. But, uh, yeah, it was really nice to remember, oh, yeah, we are visceral, kinky, perverted people, and it made her happy. And then, then, then I let her cuddle until I got horny again and then raped her mouth until she gagged. Naturally. So, yeah. And then she sucked my dick on the show. And it's like just like old times, you know. It is. How has your Christmas been so far? Mine's been pretty goddamn good for a change. It's been good. You know, I don't do presents. I don't really celebrate it. But I've had a good time with my family. And then I get the call yesterday from Creative Explorer. We hadn't quite finished the two-week blackout. Right. But I, I had told him emergency emergencies and urgencies are definitely... You can give me a call. And when I saw the phone ring, I'm all, uh-oh. And he goes, so I got some news for you, information you need to have so you can make informed decisions. I'm all, <laughs> oh, no. no. He's, he got an STI. Worse, he got the COVID. Oh, my God. Where did he get fucking, did he get from, I thought he worked from home. Yeah, he does. This is a guy who is he, so careful. It's ridiculous. He works from home. He hardly goes out. But. His new play partner uh-huh. has a Bitch. job in which she has to be in close contact with people, not face to face, obviously, but she can't maintain six feet. And she got it. And she called him. And of course, he got sick. Um, and it lasted a while. He did. It was a I would call it a mild flu. And sure. then he got tested and got the results yesterday and, of course, immediately called me. And said, I know right. you're supposed to come over tomorrow, but I have to give you this information and, and leave the <laughs> decision to I, you. What do you mean leave the decision to you? Fuck you, man. You have COVID. There is no decision. You're incubated for two weeks. All right. Calm down, Mr. Man. First of all, uh, it's been a while. It's been today's the 13th day since the initial onset of symptoms. And that's what the CDC says. 10 days. You're contagious for 10 days. 
after symptom onset. So we're at day 13 today. Uh-huh. And I have to decide if I want a chance to then go over there. And in true Kathy form, I've been procrastinating and still have not made the decision what I'm going to do. I'm leaning toward, you know, being safer. And I go on the co- on, go on the CDC website and it does say persons with mild to moderate COVID remain infectious no longer than 10 days after, you know, symptom onset. Persons with more severe to critical illness or severe immunocompromised likely remain infectious no longer than 20 days. So I'm reading this while he's on the phone with me and <sighs> we're, we're talking about stuff. And he goes, yeah, I mean, you have to decide for yourself, Kathy, because you know, I'm way past the, this was yesterday, so it was 12 days. I'm past the 10-day mark. It was a, like a very mild flu. I, I seriously doubt I'm infectious, but you have to decide for yourself. I mean, and this is this is typical creative explorer. He goes, <laughs> well, you know, I mean, you and I are different. I mean, my BMI is lower than yours, and you're in a higher age range than me, so you have to decide. And I'm all, did that motherfucker just call me old and he fat? Just, he just he called just you old and called me old he- and fat. <laughs> Yeah, thanks for that information. I really, I needed you to tell me that information. Thank you. Wow. <laughs> no, I'm not calling you old and fat. I'm just calling you aging with a high BMI index. It's the same thing, creative shit talker. <laughs> Inside, I'm crying, but I'm also wanting to laugh because that is hilarious to me. <laughs> well, I'm not actually calling you fat. I'm just reminding you that you're fat. <laughs> That your BMI is higher than that mine. Your BMI, <laughs> your BMI is oh, Captain Autism. Fucking Jesus Christ. That's I, funny. You know, I love the guy and I know him. He is completely data driven. He is all about the facts. And that's those are the facts. And he wants to make yeah. sure I have all the facts and I make the decision. I'm all, I think yeah. I just made my decision. <laughs> Thanks. You're all, you just shriveled your own dick in my presence. <laughs> Well, I mean, you know, once again, I, I'm usually, from the guy point of view, I need you to make your own decision just means I hope Bunny comes over and lets me fuck her tonight. But she's not. She's going to come over, but we have to wear masks and stay six feet and we're not going to play. And I don't get to fuck her because she doesn't, she, we didn't get tested. Right. And so she's like, I've been really good. And I don't want to do this. So I want to come over and spend time with you guys and see you guys and maybe come over for dinner. Um, But we're going to stay away. And of course, I'm the guy. So I'd say exactly the things Creative Explorer says where I'm like, well, you know, you know, that's totally, you know, I respect your decision. You know, subtext. You should let me fuck you. I have a shower curtain. I brought a whip, a four foot whip, Kathy. My arm is two feet long. That's six feet. That's social distance whipping. Boogie, that's stretching it quite a bit, don't you think? (laughs) Is six feet six? Well, this is what I'm saying. This is where the CDC says 10 days when it used to say 14 days, and now it's 10 days, which may be more accurate. But once again, there's still a risk. There's still variables. That's what I have to decide. And and he said, you know, and I'm also totally okay if you want to come over and we'll just, we won't fuck. We'll just remain a, a good distance from each other and we won't cuddle. And he says, I still want to see you. And I said, you know, thanks. Uh, really, thank you for the information. I actually do need all that information. We talked about other stuff as well. And um, his partner is past, is, is way past the 20 day stage already because hers has come and gone. 
Um, right. And I have to decide and I really don't know what to do. When we finish with the podcast, I got a few things to do and then I'm going to have to make the dreaded decision. I'm leaning towards not going. Yeah, I mean, but I don't know the, yet. Well, once again, I'm talking not as a guy taking all the facts into consideration and another week's not going to kill anybody and it does make it considerably safer it, you're not going to miss that much if you did just go and maybe have a nice walk or a dinner or something like that spend some time together i mean it's like it's not going to kill me i mean i haven't had sex with bunny in nine months i'm dying to uh, do things to her but ultimately we have had sex it's been amazing We've been together a long time. If it makes her feel safer, if it is safer, then eh, it's just another, you know, another week. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, that's the tough decision I have to make. Do I wait? It's a week from today would be the 20 days. Right. And um, yeah, I'm, I, I've enjoyed my two weeks off, but I miss him terribly. And sure. I feel like I'm going stir crazy. And it's my vacation. My vacation started yesterday. So I'm off from work. And oh, I, yeah. And it's, it makes it even worse that I have to wait another week and I've lost my week now. Shower curtain. No, I'd rather stay home. Shower and do that. curtain. Shower no! curtain. No. It's hot. It is not. It is. It's degrading. It's hot. It's awesome. <laughs> it won't interfere with your BMI index. Oh, my BMI index is not even something <laughs> I want to contemplate. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's that. That literally almost surpasses ice cream sandwich melting time. That really, they're, that's a good one. Yeah, that is definitely. They're, they're both neck to neck and neck. God, men are pigs. We are such awful, <laughs> shitty pigs. Yes, you I are. am so sorry for being a man. <laughs> I'm so sorry. You should be. I blame you for everything. <laughs> it's you know what? I the evidence is there. <laughs> that I am responsible for goddamn near everything. I can't. We're, we're evidence-based people, Kathy. <laughs> Fed life is the place where unicorns play, but then they fuck each other in the ass with their horns because that's the kind of freaky shit that happens on Fed Life. <laughs> For your peace of mind, please know that the author of every post we talk about has specifically granted us permission to do so. Today, I have a post uh, written by Catalyst, which is a cute, adorable little name because it's actually two words spelled cat, K-A-T, a list. She wrote a post called Protect the Property, in which she says, I've recently finished the book Slavecraft by Guy Baldwin and A Grateful Slave. I recommend it to any S-type who wants help to understand why they want to serve, or who wants help to broaden their kink beyond the physical. A grateful slave writes about the difficulty of caring for himself and of making decisions for himself when he is uncollared or without a master. And the mantra he goes back to is, protect the property. E.g., I am the property, I need to protect myself, keep myself in tip-top condition for whichever master I submit to in the future. Now, I struggle with self-care with actually giving a shit about myself as a human being, with prioritizing myself. So the notion of protect the property really struck a chord with me. For me, there is something comforting about, I have to look after myself and keep myself happy and developing and in good condition for future or current owners. Because frankly, it's a battle to do it for myself, especially when I am in a depressive episode. I'm sure there will be people who think this is somehow unhealthy and I should be doing it for myself. And I do manage that sometimes. 
But sometimes accountability is important. Sometimes I need to do stuff for other people or I just won't do it. I embroidered the words and it's going to hang above my bed so that every morning I have a reminder that today and every day I need to protect the property. Ah, Jingle, jingle, sleigh bells and shit. A great post that we have handled this topic uh, numerous times, and there is never enough times that we can look at this topic over and over again, um, because it is true. I have I, I only have one page of notes, Kathy. Only one. Oh, oh only but one. Okay. <laughs> only one. I slacked. I slacked on my <laughs> note taking. But I did do a lot of thinking about this because... It it is it is true, and so oftentimes we don't spend that time on ourselves, and then we kind of hope that the dom or master is going to fix us, and that's really a bad approach. It's on both ends. It's bad if you're the type of submissive that is waiting for a dominant to come along and fix you, or you're a dominant that thinks, you know, being in a relationship and having you know, taking care of somebody is going to, you know, make me a better dominant. I think both of those can lead to disaster and often do. Yeah. Because if you are looking for someone to fix you, you're looking as from the submissive side, I, you're not really looking to serve someone. You're looking for a personal trainer. You're looking for someone to serve you. I'm I need the dom to fix me and put me on track and keep me on an agenda and whatever. Otherwise, I can't survive. That's codependent. And you're looking for a personal trainer. You're not looking for a dominant to be a part of service to that person and help them with their higher calling. And in the same way, if the dominant is kind of, you know, well, I'll be better at this if I have someone to oversee it's kind of like the parent that's a fucking train wreck and says, oh, if I have a kid, that'll whip me into, you know, it'll be responsibility. Yeah. And that's going to make me a better person. Both of those are disastrous. Fix your head first and you have a much better chance of actually finding a higher quality partner. I mean, it's true. But what the two uh, negative examples you just mentioned and let's say a positive example like the one she's mentioning can look deceptively similar to the outside Mm. eye. And you Mm. have to, you're the only person who can determine for yourself, am I doing this for healthy reasons or unhealthy reasons? And this particular subject, uh, I, uh, is very close to my heart. I'll tell you why, because I don't like it when people say, yeah, you're doing it, but you're not doing it the right way. (laughs) Some, sometimes, you know, even negative reinforcement can be motivating. Case in point, I'm at work this week. And my boss buys this big fucking box of C's candy that he does every year, sets it out in the front office, and everybody starts partaking. And I've been successfully telling him, don't open that box, don't open that box for two weeks. And finally, he opened it. And he and everybody else starts clamoring about it. And they all they like to joke and tease, and they especially like to tease me. And my boss says something like, ah, what are you talking about? Kathy's going to eat half this box before we can. Now, having <laughs> been working there, I'm Dick. like, first time... First time a creative explorer tells me I'm fat and old. Now this motherfucker is telling me I'm a big old fucking eater. And I'm like, okay, I know this guy. I know perfectly well that um, he's just teasing me. He likes to tease me. And that was the furthest from his mind. He's a big guy himself. So he was not going there. But it did make me, it, it made me feel horrible to hear that. 
And inside of me, I'm like, I'll be damned if I'm going to let that motherfucker be right. <laughs> challenge! <laughs> and uh, a challenge accepted. I'm like, okay, challenge I'm not going to eat. Challenge accepted, fucker. This. I'm going to go buy my own box and eat three of them. Yeah, that's winning eat, the challenge. <laughs> and, and eat 40% of this box, which is not going to be half the box, you fucker. No, that's not what no. happened. In in this that's case, I just, I it was all the motivation I needed not to go near that box. I hate to admit it, but shame is a great motivator. It's up to me to decide to not let it go to the place where it's negative. And that's that line that I'm talking about. It is a deceptively fine line in which something that is helping you right now can quickly turn in to something really negative that can harm you. All right. I had to deal with that when I've been dealing with the last few months of things I've been talking about when it's the reason why when I admitted I couldn't win against the monster inside of me that wants to overeat, which I talked about a few weeks ago, I decided to ask myself, well, you can't win. What can you do? Right. Instead of fighting the monster, I'll learn how I can appease it by giving it what it wants, but doing it in the healthiest way possible. It's not healthy, uh, sexy. It's certainly not as badass as powering through it and finding the inner core of strength in me and giving everyone around me, including myself, you know, that hero story that we all want to hear. But you know what? It gets the job done. It's also the reason why when, you know, faced with those horrible emotions about Creative Explorer wanting to take personal time to immerse himself in his game, you know, that anger, that bitterness, the pettiness that I just could not get past. Instead, I talked to myself and I said, you can't seem to let this go. What can you do? Well, I can appease the child in me that wants to throw a tantrum by instead enacting, you know, a little quid pro quo and doing the two week blackout to balance the scales. It doesn't hurt him. It, it calms the child inside of me. And at the end of the two weeks, guess what? The feeling's gone. It's excised. Whereas if I hadn't done something, that bitterness would have sat there and festered and come out in passive aggressiveness and, you know, in countless other negative, horrible ways. And who knows what damage would have been caused to me and to the relationship was it the high road no was it you know the peak of what humans are capable of no but was it the best i could do absolutely and i would do it again and say fuck you to anyone who tells me i wasn't doing it right if it helps you use it but be careful of that fine line where something healthy switches over into something harmful kathy in what you just said, there was literally like I could have written three pages of notes. There oh was my god, so more notes! There's I'm not <laughs> writing three pages of notes, but there was so much, so much that I'm like, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Oh my god, we could oh. do a show about that. Yeah, yeah, that. <laughs> and the thing that I want to point out first, because my dysfunctional mind will only remember a couple points: the fact that you handled this first on your own is part of that taking care of the property right it is part of that self-parenting it is part of taking you're in a relationship you're already in the relationship and that's fine but you're taking care of yourself even if you are in a relationship i don't know many situations where unless you're in a super duper committed high protocol slave relationship unless you're in that there should always be a part of yourself that is your responsibility to take care of. There should always be a part of you that does that work. And like you said, if you hadn't had done that work on your own, I mean, maybe you can work through a lot of these things with your partner, with open communication, blah, blah, blah. 
But the fact that you dealt with it yourself and the fact that you acknowledged if you hadn't dealt with this, this type of thing, this little two-week blackout over a video game destroys millions of relationships a year. Right. This level of petty, this little thing unattended will fester. Oh, yeah. It will spin. It will be that thing that comes up in the argument three years from now because you didn't do that personal work and ask yourself, why do I feel this way? What can I do? That Just a, a brilliant example of what is a positive way to take care of the property. I mean, fucking 10 times kudos on oh, you for well, taking that time with yourself. Thank you. And I thank you for saying that. I appreciate it. But it's it, it's the same goes for her, right? She could sit there and beat herself up and say, yeah, but if I were any kind of good human being, I'd be able to do this on my own. Fuck that. If you have to... It, if you have problems getting something done in your life and you have the ability to lean on something that can remain healthy and help you accomplish that task, then go for it. Don't let anybody tell you it's not the right way to do it. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about this very recently where shame works and guilt works. Um, I don't know if there there's surely not the greatest ways to get through the day. Yeah. But ultimately, if all you're capable of to get through that moment and survive a chaotic life is something that maybe isn't the best, but it still gets you to that next level, you know, and just like you said, well, you have to look at that and then can I find a better way going forward? But in the moment, do what you have to do. Take a moment. And even in the relationships the the likelihood is is that you as the sub or dominant are not going to find super sub or super dom that is just the numbers that's the pure kink numbers in the area you're in there may be five doms or sub to even choose from right you're not likely going to get the fucking best of the best. You're most likely you and them are going to be trial and error, dominant and submissive. Mm -hmm. There's going to be a process. There's going to be a learning curve. If both of you have the intention to learn and to get better, then you have a great chance at having a great relationship and your dynamic having a lot of wealth. But you're still going to have to take care of the property that whole way, whatever side of the dynamic you're on. Right. Yeah. Because you're not going to have the perfect person that's like, oh, I understand every aspect of what you're going through. And here's what we're going to do. And here's the best plan. And here's the information. And there was some research. You're likely not going to find that that person. So in the meantime, you have to fill whatever voids are there while you learn how to do it in your relationship. Right. All good points, Boogie. Because I know I sure the fuck ain't super. <laughs> How many times, Kathy, have I looked at Muse crushed little face and said, huh, irreversible damage there. <laughs> How do we get out of this one? Oh, that poor, so, poor girl. <laughs> poor girl. But, you know, I, I molested her with a knife to her back this morning. Now she's just laughing at me. <laughs> Perverted Podcast Listener Segway. 
Lady Solaris. Yes, Boogie. How are you this morning? Oh my, it's been so long since we have spoken, Lady Solaris. How in the fucking hell are you? I'm actually pretty good, all things considered, in this crazy 2020 world. Yes. So have laser elephants attacked your house yet? Not yet, but that's on that's on the bingo card. That's definitely <laughs> one we're looking at. I'm kind of looking out for, because, you know, when I'm parked in the cars, I now have my two crappy cars next to each other. And I'm like, you know, 2020 would be perfect if, like, a piece of the space station broke off and it was like a pipe. <laughs> Long enough to literally just hit both of my cars and disintegrate them. That's pretty much my, what I'm looking out for. So every time I, you know, kind of look out the window, see if I see any flaming objects with a giant NASA printed on the (laughs) side. Because I know know that's my luck. But we're going to just try to get through. It's almost over 2020. I know. Thank goodness. And then it's just another day into 2021. So I don't know if that's going to help at all. But, you know, we remain optimistic. But what's really important is that normally when we talk to Lady Solaris on Perverted Podcast or even in general in the community, you are usually our go to for uh, lectures on kink and disabilities And that is absolutely wonderful. But I'm like, hey, you know, I think our listeners need to know that Lady Solaris has a long history of just being a goddamn kinky person. Yeah, I've been in the lifestyle for over 15 years now, which is really, really crazy. When I think back on it, I can't believe it's been that long because it doesn't seem like it's been that long. No, kink years are like kind of dog years, you know? It's like, you know, because we're having fun. That's the. I think that's the thing. Like when you have like a mundane life where you don't have a lot of excitement, (laughs) then it seems a lot longer. But in kinky years, man, they go by really quick. And just all the stories you filled out the questionnaire uh, that people can fill out if they want to be on the show. Go to pervertedpodcast at gmail.com and ask for the questionnaire. You filled out two that and you had like seven or eight that I'm like, oh, we should talk about that. We should talk about that. But there was two because we only have so much time. So there was two that I thought were really interesting that would talk about your early experiences. And you had one. There was a question on the questionnaire that's like, have you ever had kind of a scene go wrong? What was that like? And 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 what did you learn? And you said. It was. So this was within probably the first maybe year and a half that I had played. When I entered the lifestyle, I started studying under a pro dom that a friend introduced me to. Um, And uh, that was all well and nice, but obviously I wanted to learn more. I went to the lair and I went to classes, anywhere that I could soak up information. And so I finally got ready to start playing on my own. And one of the first people that I actually found, I think... I think it was through Caller Me at the time. <laughs> oh I think Caller Me had like just become a thing. Totally <laughs> forgot about Caller Me. It may have been called, it might have been alt.com. It, one of the two, because they were, alt.com was, was the place that you went in order to find Yes, <laughs> yes, and it was quite sleazy. Uh, very much so. And then Caller Me was like the equivalent that of, I would say more like OkCupid, that was pretty, it, it was free. 
so I didn't, you didn't have to pay money like you did alt.com. And so I, I think we ended up meeting through Collar Me. It had just started. And, um, this guy was great. He, he looked fantastic. He absolutely loved the fact at the time I was a BBW, big, beautiful woman. He absolutely loved that. We had a really great, great chemistry. We always, we always tended to kind of investigate different parts of play together. We, we negotiated constantly, but several months into the relationship, I had this guy um, tied up to a hard point on my ceiling because his legs were tied and I was flogging him from behind with a burnt end rope flogger, which mind you, yes, most stingy. Yeah, very (laughs) stingy. A lot of people don't like it, but this was an implement that I had utilized on him before. And so I was flogging him and just several swings in, he turned around with the... uh, the scariest voice I had ever heard and screamed at me, stop flogging that one spot. Needless to say, uh, (laughs) I immediately stopped because I was so freaked out because that was the very first time I had ever encountered a problem in a scene. I was by myself with this guy in my bedroom. Nobody knew he was there and it, it freaked me out. Um, I took all of the ropes down, took, you know, unbound his feet, let him get dressed. And he didn't ever really tell me why he had a problem with what I was doing, because it wasn't necessarily that I was hitting the same spot. I think it was just the fact that maybe something was going on with him emotionally that he didn't tell me about at the time where he wasn't able to handle the same amount of pain that he was able to handle nearly every other time that we had played. That is amazing and awful and glad that it, you know, that it didn't get worse from that point that you did stop the scene because at that point you definitely do know if you've played with somebody a number of times and they can take this, this and that, and they have a blow up like that automatically stop the scene is probably the best and safest way to go every time. Every single time. <laughs> At least to check in or whatever. And I've heard other people have this situation uh, multiple times. And I think it's a good insight on your part that I don't know if this happened right in the moment or a little bit later that you understood this probably isn't about me. Oh, no, it was fairly immediate that I I started, I started second-guessing myself later on after the fact. There was the... You know, because I was a fairly new dominant. I'm a female. And at that time, a male-driven, very heterosexual male-driven um, BDSM scene here in Los Angeles. Right. At least at least the people I was hanging out with. So it, it wasn't necessarily the entire scene, but that, that was the scene that I was exposed to first. Um, <laughs> and... Uh, and just in in the moment i knew that it wasn't what i was doing i knew that it had something to do with him because he wasn't able to accept something that i was able to do to him before in exactly the same way because my scenes at that time it was this very slow build up to then you know harder and harder and harder toys so it's not like that was the first toy that i started with that right. was one of many other toys that i had worked on him with for a while right And so it just blew up at that point. So what did we learn? Well, in looking back, I 
learned to be a little bit more confident in my skill set. I, I, I kept learning more. That's the thing is that actually made me learn a lot more about flogging. Even though I had been learning about flogging, I don't do the whole like, dub, like I'm not great at double flogging. I could do it. It's terrible. I don't do it on people because I'm terrible at it. Um, I don't do fancy schmancy moves. I do very basic things. Um, and it, it made me go back and, and practice more on my bed. It also made me understand and realize that even though the, um, the submissive may not want to stop the scene, unfortunately, I'm going to have to. And myself as a dominant needs to, to really stroke the ego of the submissive when that happens. Because if I'm able to get the submissive at that time to tell me what they are actually thinking, to tell me red, to tell me yellow, in my opinion, moving forward in our relationship, it makes it better. Because then I'm able to adapt to what they like and they are able to adapt to what I like. I like both parties to be able to have fun. I don't want to just be wailing on somebody and them tolerating it. That's not fun for me. And right. so I really learned that at that time, I had to stroke the ego of, ego of the submissive because I want them to give me that information. I want them to be able to be vulnerable with me because in, in my opinion, that makes a much better BDSM experience. So... What you're saying is by validating, like when your submissive speaks up and says something that's actually, because like you said, sometimes the bottom doesn't want to disappoint the top, so they just kind of muscle through it. But by validating them when they do speak up, it gives them more confidence to continue to speak up. And thus, you now have that better communication to where you can both enjoy what's going on. Yeah, and I, I really think that that's one of the things that I've been known for in the community because I tend to, um, I run SOAP, which is the Social of Age Players in Los Angeles with my husband, Calum, yes. and I tend to play at SOAP with a lot of new people because somebody says, hey, I want to do X, Y, Z, D, E, but I'm really scared to do it with somebody, and so right off the bat because a lot of people have seen me play and they understand that I'm not going to push beyond your limits. That is not what I'm going to do, especially not the first time that I play with you. Um, I tend to get individuals who trust me. There's a lot of trust there and I need the trust as the person who's throwing the implements. And so to, when you validate people's feelings and their thoughts and that they're not being overly dramatic because they've had in maybe in the past another dominant that said that they were that no you can take more um yeah. when you actually validate people they tend to open up more and then they tend to be able to give you more as submissives that is that, that i wish more people understood that exactly and that's actually one of i think one of the best things that's happened in terms of the community in the past maybe five ish plus years is the fact that it doesn't seem like dominance have to be super domly doms anymore. I agree. Which, which makes it so much easier to create and forge relationships with submissives because you need to have that relationship with the bottom, with the submissive, with the individual who is the one that is, you know, getting stuff thrown at them. And you need to be able to have a, that trust and that commitment to each other, even if it's just for that 60 minute scene. And 
I I do feel that the vulnerability that people are able to give each other in both the bottom and the top position, I think that's an important one that a lot of people don't think about. The tops think that they could just keep everything to themselves because I can tell you as somebody who was that way, that was how I was for a very long time. But the more vulnerable I became with the people that I played with, the more vulnerable they became and the better the play becomes. Absolutely. I absolutely agree with you. And I think uh, I agree with you with the time frame that I just see the the whatever you want to call the scene, the lifestyle. It just seems more enjoyable now because there's more of that interaction. Most people have come out as switches. I would say almost over half have come out as switches. People are talking more. There's more of an environment for open two-way communication, and it's not that rigid, I am the dom, I tell you what to do, you have no words of yourself, you know? And it really has made the journey just, I mean, I've been, you've been here 15 years, I've been here about 12, 13, and I remember the rigidity, and I remember it just didn't look like a lot of fun for a lot of people. It was more just like, this is what I'm doing because I have chosen to do this. Yeah. And now we we just get to enjoy it and enjoy our partners. Yeah. And I think that that's kind of the difference is when I when I came into the lifestyle, there was a lot of protocol. Um, there was a lot of, you can't write to me if you don't capitalize he, she. Um, <laughs> I remember Because that I'm a dominant. <laughs> And you shouldn't be writing a capital H at the beginning of a sentence for he if he's a submissive. And it's like, oh, come on, guys. I, I stopped doing that very, very early on because it's like we're all people. Like we're just all human beings who want to have this really cool experience with other human beings. Yeah, I think the majority of people responded. We've talked about that a lot on the show is that if you give people a choice, if you give the vast majority of people a choice and I'm surely not going to bash old guard protocols and whatever, because there is a certain percentage of people that respond very well to that. And that is what their desire is, is to have those strong protocols in place and go on that type of leather journey. Not shaming that. But I have found if you give the majority of people the choice of what type of experience in kink that they want, they do not want that protocol. They just want to enjoy kinky, visceral, primal sex and play with their partners. And they want to have good communication and have fun stories to look back on when they're old and dying. Yeah. I mean, to, to harken back to what you were saying with the protocol, I I love the protocol. I have just found in my BDSM experience, like you said, that there are people, there's a lot of people that come into the lifestyle who who have found BDSM, or maybe they've been thinking about it for a while, but a lot of times they found BDSM and, and they have done their, quote, research on Pornhub right. or FetLife. And yeah, FetLife, there are some things on FetLife that show like what actual kink is like, but the majority of stuff is a is a recording of a fantasy. And because they've seen it for so long, they're like, that's what I want, but 
I have had the experience of having a lot of people come in and go, that's what I want. Okay, well, let me do some some higher protocol stuff. Yeah, no, that's not what I want. <laughs> and it's like, that's great. That's great that you don't want that. That's that's totally cool that you don't want to be high protocol. I would love to find people that are that are those people because I have I have met a couple in my life where it's like you are a definite slave. That is your mentality. That is that is what you want. That is what you crave as a human being. And those people are glorious because I would never be able to do that. Sure. <laughs> and it's amazing what what those people can do in in the lifestyle and and how they enjoy BDSM. It is it's beautiful when when I'm able to see somebody that is doing high protocol stuff with their partner because it isn't seen as frequently now as it was 15 years ago right. when I first came in. Well, I mean maybe also it's more authentic now because the people that are doing it really want to do it. Does that make sense? Like before everyone came in and the people just said, yeah, this is what you're supposed to do. Yeah, correct. And they and they all did it, you know, and we all kind of like, oh, I'm supposed to act this certain way. And so it was maybe less authentic across the board because most of us didn't really want to do that. We were just, you know, that's what I guess that's how we do it. And now the people that actually do do that high protocol relationship are probably more a higher percentage of people that are more authentic at it because they actually want to be there. They know there's a choice. You don't have to play like that. You can just come in and have fun, negotiate with your bottom and go do some freaky shit. Totally. And I think also the it's it's not even just the bottom that had this this protocol stuff in place because when I started I was seen at the lower lung of the rat of the ladder than say another male dominant that started at the same time. There was this this um, gender hierarchy within the scene that I was in. Again, this is not necessarily representative of all scenes all over the place. But at that time, the scene that I was in, there was a gender hierarchy as well as a years, like how many years you've been in the lifestyle. Now, now I can say, as somebody that's been in for 15 years, if I hear of a dominant that's been in the lifestyle for two years, it's like, oh, cool. Then you've probably learned a lot because there's a lot there's a lot of classes here in Los Angeles. There's a, Now there's stuff online because of COVID. And there's so much information that you can find that I did not have access to at the time because, yeah, kink was on the Internet. But like bondage.com was just closing at the time that I came onto the scene. Alt was really the only place. There was no FetLife. There there were some websites that were kind of devoted to BDSM stuff, but there weren't like blogs and blogs and Instagrams and TikToks and like all this other stuff that that the people have now where they can visually see people playing in a in an aspect that is not related necessarily directly to porn. I didn't have that, so I had to go to classes. So it took me a lot longer to learn a lot of the stuff that I needed to learn than it does a lot of the kids now. And so, like, why am I going to think that they're any different than me? Yeah, they're on a they're in a different part of their life. They're in a different a different journey sector, but that doesn't mean that they can't be just as good as me in terms of being a dominant. That was one thing I always hated coming in, particularly as a female top, was how 
how I was ragged on by the guys all the time. They kept always trying to tell me how to do things, show me how to do things. And man, that was annoying. (laughs) I can only imagine how annoying (laughs) that is. I did not have that experience because I have a penis. Correct. Um, And I will say 15 years ago, in general, across the board, uh, uh, in the world, I believe that it was like that. And it, it was, really yes. was only in the last 10 or less years that we started getting away from that shit. And female dominance are the same as male dominance. Just because you have a pussy or a, a dick doesn't really matter. If you have the intention to dominate someone and if you take the time to learn how to address another human being in that power exchange is really the only thing that matters. The other stuff is about ego. It's pissing contests with other dudes. And I never cared about that shit. Even though I was a dude, I'm like, I don't, you know, other than the, you know, we're all competing for for bottoms. That part is just normal. You know, it doesn't matter whether you're male or female, you're competing for the fresh meat. But the idea that you're a better dominant than me i think anyone that has that attitude of competition on who is the better dominant is most likely not the better dominant because you're not concerned about your submissive you're concerned about how you look to other fucking doms which means you've lost the entire the entire intention of having a power exchange relationship because now your relationship is with proving yourself to other fucking idiots. And I don't give a fuck. Do you know what I'm saying? I totally understand what you're saying. And I'm just thinking back to when you came on the scene because I was there the very first time you ever went to a dungeon. And that that is true. You were the disruptor because (laughs) (laughs) I am the disruptor. You were the disruptor because At the club that I went to at the time, the lair, it was very male dominant, heterosexual. Well, I mean, you are heterosexual, but very male dominant, heterosexual leather mentality. And they, you know, they had their girls and their girls were there and their girls did have protocol. And so there was a lot of protocol and a lot of like, we're the domly domly men. And it was like, that's fantastic and great and all. But then you have Boogie come, who's this disruptor who is wearing an outfit that is not leather when he first comes <laughs> with my um, teddy bear flogger hanging correct and that's <laughs> the thing is you started you started making these different types of toys and you were excited about it and there was this energy that entered the scene at that time in my life from you that was like we could do so much more than what you guys are doing. Like we could do this. We could do this. We could do this. And it's like, Oh, like never thought about any of that stuff before because the, the creativity was in how you could utilize the implements that were already available within the scene at the time, not let's make our own and then also create the scene. And so you were a disruptor, I would say here in the Los Angeles scene, because around the time that you came in and in the years following that it just happened to be that you know the internet became a lot more popular and vet life started to happen and so a lot more people started to find the scene and then we got a huge influx of the younger people and um and being able to to have that influx of younger people i think really really helped it was it was a really cool time 
it was a very, very cool time in the L.A. scene. When it both of really us was a lot of people. And I, you know, I love the idea of being the disruptor. And I definitely did come in with some different ideas and toys and and fun and whatever. But there were a lot of other disruptors before me that also came in. People that I watched them play that came in and just kind of said, what if we just had fun? What if we just made this about fun and enjoying our lives? And I think once people see people give themselves that permission, they go, well, that's what I want to do. I want to have fun. And I think that that now has taken over as the dominant philosophy of being a kinky person is that the idea is that we're supposed to enjoy our lives and enjoy ourselves with our partners and if you want to be serious, then be serious. We're just going to make jokes about you when you drop your flogger. Um, be who you are. I'm going to ask you to come back because we had other things I wanted to talk about, but it really was fun fleshing out that history of dominance because we really have made some improvements in this lifestyle. I love, absolutely love, love, love you. I have loved you for as long as I've been in this lifestyle, we've been on the same journey parallel for a lot of years. And I absolutely love you. Can you please come back and talk with us again? Of course. Always. I got so many more stories. <laughs> absolutely. So if people want to get a hold of soap, social of age players, and they're interested in that journey, where would they find you guys? Soap-LA.org. Lady Solaris, we will talk to you on the next show. Sounds good. Oh, 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 Don't call me a hoe. A hoe? I like your BMI, Kathy. I want to smack that ass. Ho! I'm a, I'm an old fat crotchety woman. All right. With a nice ass. <laughs> that was show 291, bringing us that much closer to our 300th show. Woohoo! Where the I world would... <laughs> will explode. <laughs> I'd like to take this opportunity to thank our wonderful Patreon supporters who have gotten us through another year of podcast recordings. And a personal thank you to our lovely Headley, who gave me a wonderful birthday present. Thank you. You rock. It really means a lot to me. You're the best. Are you going to buy a shelf uh, or a dildo? I don't know. Shelf, dildo, that's a tough fucking choice for, for Kathy, let me tell you. What about a shelf, though? Like, what about getting a suction cup dildo and sticking it to a new shelf that you get and then fucking yourself with it and then thanking Headley for the All gift? Right. Ah? That, that that got me very excited. Yeah, don't that say could be. Like that I mean, me. that's win-win, right? <laughs> you do, do you have a suction cup dildo? No! I would need a really long one because my... my ass is really big and so it, by the time it reaches my my vagina yeah. it has to be pretty long you know that's, that's fine the, 18 inch okay. 18 inch uh, you get in there oh, i'll yeah. get an 18 incher okay uh thank you to patreon supporters without their faith in us well no one would be listening to my voice right now because there'd be no podcast you guys rock please write to us at pervertedpodcast at gmail.com and tell us how your year has been. We'd love to hear from you. And you can also visit us on fitlife.com forward slash perverted podcast to see what's going on on our account. Over to you, Boogie. And incredible. We don't really celebrate Christmas and, you know, yeah. stuff like that. Usually we just happen to be 
losers that are like, well, we're going to be recording on Christmas today. <laughs> Which we are. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Boogie, I'll, I'll play my Christmas song that cops dragged me out of my house at gunpoint while I was singing. And uh, and that'll be the uh, that'll be as much celebration as we do. I'm not telling the story. Go back in old shows and you can find out about that. But it was uh, I'm just happy to have had I know a lot of our listeners know that I get my ass kicked pretty much 24 hours a day by life. But it was really nice to be here on the boat with Mew and to do some dirty things and to have something to talk about and to have her suck my dick lovingly with a knife to her throat for the listener's pleasure and Uh especially mine. Life isn't all that bad today. Uh, Hopefully Bunny will come over and uh, and we'll have a good social distance uh, visit. Thank you so much. You know, just like you, I... I don't know why Headley loves us so much, and I don't know why all of our listeners love us so much and have listened to the show over and over again. <laughs> Pee-pee, we have so many pee-pee zombies and pee-pee zombie apocalypse masters that have listened to all of our shows. It it baffles me, but I also know it's it's just a great family, and uh, and it's great for us to all be together. I know a lot of people don't have shit to do on the holidays, and I sure the fuck didn't. Um, so we are our kinky family and it's been great to do another year with you guys. And, uh, I guess we'll see you guys in 2021. I don't know if we're going to, I don't know what's next week. Are we doing, we're doing, will we be doing a show on new year's day? I'm not doing anything. So yeah. Hang on a sec. Wait, what's new year's day is it's it's Friday. Yeah. We will do the show on the third. Well, you want to just do it on Friday and then it'll be new year's or something. Yeah, I don't give sure. a fuck. We'll figure it out. Okay. So maybe we'll do one more show. Or the, We really suck at ending a show. I really suck at ending a show. <laughs> People have been like, literally, they're already listening to a real podcast. They're like on Joe Rogan or Bill Burr's podcast or oh Guys We God. Fucked or one of those other ones that has hundreds of thousands of subscribers that, that we don't. <laughs> Merry Christmas, you motherfuckers. <laughs> Bye, everybody. We love you. (laughs) We'll see you guys next week. This is the world's most brutally honest Christmas song, and it will solve the mystery about what a man truly wants for Christmas. This present sucks. Always the same old gift. Either a butt, ugly tie, or a shirt that won't fit. I'm a working man. I have simple needs. At Christmas time, I want a woman who will get on her knees. So listen up, St. Nick. You can keep the fruitcake. Because all I want for Christmas. Santa, please get me laid. place to plant my Christmas tree. A nice warm stocking, if you know what I mean. She can be skinny or fat, I'll even let you choose. I'm so damn desperate, I don't care if she is missing a tooth. Pretty please, Kris Kringle, my sanity's at stake. Cause all I want for Christmas is please get me laid. We don't care if we sound snooty, all men want is the Christmas booty, yeah. Christmas morn, but there's no girl in my bed, just hand lotion and porn. The hell did I do wrong? I didn't ask you for gold. All I asked for was a frisky little ho ho ho. 
Mr. Claus, and I will never be the same. I'm gonna forget about Christmas, cause Santa won't get me laid. All I want is the Christmas pudding. All I want is the Christmas pudding now. Big dumb fat Santa.